Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that's filled with a lot of traditions, and perhaps the one that's most practiced is the Thanksgiving meal. Tonight we're going to use the meal as a symbol for us to recall the blessings of God. Now it might seem that some of those blessings are pretty obvious, and so why should we have to list them? But sometimes it's the obvious that escapes our notice, and we don't give thanks for it like we should. But we will also use some things that are obvious in a meal to call our attention to certain things that we don't really think about and give thanks for. So tonight under the theme of before you set the table, we're going to think about certain things and be urged to give thanks to them, to God for them. We're going to start with our humble setting here, a table and chairs. One of the first things you do when you plan for your Thanksgiving meal is you count how many guests there are and you have the right number of seats. Yeah, I only got one friend. <laughs> Those friends or guests might be family members, they might be friends, might be somebody who's special to your family, somebody who has some special connection. But, you know, God didn't create us to live alone. He created us to live in community. And that community reaches beyond just our immediate family and friends. Maybe some of those people will be around your table tomorrow, family and friends, but think of the other people in your life who won't be at the table. People who are also important to us. Doctors and nurses, police and firefighters, military personnel, teachers, I hope you say pastors, all sorts of store people, PG&E people, <laughs> who keep our electricity flowing. So there's a lot of people that God has given us in our life for whom we can be thankful. Don't forget the people who are around you this evening, your fellow believers. The Apostle Paul, in a number of his letters, letters, by the way, which God has preserved for us, to read and to learn from, made mention of people and gave thanks to God for them. So as we gather as the people of God, let's thank God for the people God put around us. Listen to how the Apostle Paul did that. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all God's people. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So tonight, as we begin our service and, and think about celebrating this holiday of Thanksgiving, let's stop to think about the people 
God has put in our life. Let's thank God for the people of faith. Let's thank God that he has given faith to other people and that he has brought us together as a family of faith. I give thanks for you, not just because it would be kind of strange standing up here preaching to an empty building, but I give thanks to God for you because we together worship and serve the Lord. But in this spirit of thanksgiving, let's go beyond just having a feeling and words of thanksgiving for one another. Let's take it a step farther, as the Apostle Paul did in those words. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray that God give us an increase of our faith, that he give us hope and confidence of his presence and blessings. And one more thing, that he keep us all in faith. So that finally, we don't just gather like this, or like this, but also like this. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. So before you set the table, give thanks to God for the family, for the friends, for the people in this community, for the people of God, and that banquet he invites us all to. You've probably heard that when food is served in a restaurant, they place things on the plate in special ways and add little things to make it look good. And that's supposed to add to our appeal to want to eat the food. That's probably also true with the table settings. We don't invite guests over or, or go to a fancy banquet with there being just a plain tabletop. You wouldn't at my house because it's, there's little crayon lines and marks and yes, I have trouble staying within the lines. So we put over, over those things a nice tablecloth to cover the faults and the imperfections. That happens with us too. When we come to the great banquet of God, we come with our faults, all sorts of faults, but God provides a covering for us the covering of Christ. Listen how the Apostle John described that great banquet in heaven. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen, stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. When we come before God, we come as we are, with all of our faults and imperfections, our complaints, our coveting of better situations, our impatience, 
our selfishness. But in order to be before God, we must be holy. Without any of those faults, God himself gives us the covering, the cloth of Christ. That is, the perfect obedience of Jesus. He simply assigns to us through our faith in him. So when we reach for the tablecloth tomorrow or come to a table that's all nicely covered, remember the covering that God has given you to wear at his banquet, the covering of Christ. But there's more than just a tablecloth, of course, on the table. The meal wouldn't be very nice if you didn't have plates, utensils to eat the food, and, and cups to drink. Everything has to be equipped so that the food can be served and used. In the same way, God has equipped us as his people to bring in his blessings and to serve those blessings to others. Just as you saw how neatly everything is laid out, and just as you would sit down to a meal and everybody works together to pass the food, so we as the people of God have been beautifully, wisely laid out by God with our talents and abilities, all of the resources or blessings that he has given us so that we may use them to praise him, to bring in his blessings to us, and to serve them to others. The Apostle Peter reminds us of that, how God has gifted us to serve him and others. When he writes, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So before you set the table, and as you see everything all laid out tomorrow, give thanks to God how he has gifted you to serve. Oftentimes at our fancy table settings, we'll have a, a centerpiece. Oftentimes they're made up with flowers or other things that kind of remind us of nature. They're at the center to draw our attention to them. Obviously at a time like Thanksgiving, we remind ourselves of all the wonderful things God has given us in this world from the beauty of his creation to all the sustenance that we receive. Yet sometimes we see things so much we forget to consider how blessed we are that we have these things. And sometimes, even though we have so many things, we end up complaining about what we don't have and become desirous or covetous of things that we even shouldn't have. When you see a centerpiece on your table, be reminded of God's wonderful creation 
and the abundance of blessings that he has given to you. And don't worry about what you don't have. Rather, count what you do have, knowing God provides. These are the words of Jesus to us. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Our God provides for all of our needs. Oftentimes, centerpieces will include a candle. That candle in the center can also draw our attention to light. And in specific, the light of the world, Jesus our Savior, who is light because he stands in such contrast to the sin and the unbelief of this world. For he's the holy Son of God. And just as our attention is drawn to the light of the candle, so our attention is drawn to Christ as our Savior. And that attention, that light, also shines in us. The Apostle Paul said, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And so as we are looking at candles, let's be reminded of that light that shines in this dark world, our Savior Jesus, and how that light shines in our heart because of God's grace. Creation, Christ, faith. Give thanks to God for those. Now, sometimes on tables, a centerpiece or other items on the table might be a basket of fruit. Sometimes it's there just for looks. Sometimes it's there to eat, to use. God has given us as his people fruits, fruits of the Spirit. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are gifts from God to us that come with our faith and flow from our faith. Just as a fruit basket is something to look at, but also something to eat and enjoy, so the fruits of our faith are something that God gives us to show. They are a channel of his grace so that others see his grace through us. But they are also the fruits by which we enjoy his grace. And so, as you see a fruit basket, be reminded of the fruits of faith and give thanks to them, to God for them. Finally, when everything is set, the food starts to come out. Bread, 
and wine, food and drink. That bread certainly can stand as a symbol for us of all the food that God gives us and we'll probably enjoy a lot of it tomorrow. But we can also be reminded of what Jesus said that man does not live on bread alone but on the very word of God. You see, God has given us nutrition beyond what we need for our bodies. He has also given us food for our souls, his word. Jesus told us he's the bread of life. God's word, which is bread for us, points us and gives us the bread of life, Jesus, our Savior. And of course, we see more in this bread and this wine. For we are also reminded of a very special meal that God has prepared for his people. Where the bread also contains his body that was put on the cross. And the wine contains the blood that he shed to pay for our sins. Just as we look forward to a meal like this, let us also be reminded of that special meal that God has given to us, his people, the Lord's Supper. And how in Holy Communion, we become one with God because he forgives our sins and gives us that life that we need. And we become one with each other in our faith. That's a reason to give thanks. The Apostle Paul said, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. So before we set the table, we'll be reminded how God has blessed us with that special meal to give us forgiveness, life, and salvation. Ah, and there it is, the final piece for that great feast. That turkey that we've been seeing in the refrigerator for several days now. And it's taken hours to prepare, but has such a wonderful taste. It really just stands as a symbol for all of the meal, doesn't it? It brings it to its completion. What a great feast, a banquet that God has prepared for us in heaven. When one of those at the table with Jesus heard him speak, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. Tomorrow, you'll hear somebody say, come on and eat, everything is ready. Before we sit at that table, 
let's give thanks for the great banquet that God has prepared for us in eternity. All because of what Jesus has done and because he has extended that invitation to you. Don't reject the invitation. Don't ignore it. But come with hearts filled with joy and thanksgiving before we set the table.